Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yawpcast for October 12th, 2020, featuring poet Ariel Francisco leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yawp is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic usually held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill in non-pandemic times. For more information and to sign up for the op, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup featured R. Bremner, Noah Eteji, Lupita I. Tucker, Suzanne S. Austin Hill, Harvey Sauce, Rita A. Simmons, Stella Lee, Todd Friedman, Shanice Hughes Greenberg, Kim Brandon, Bridget Duffy, Frank Rubino, Blake Z. Rong, Joanne Mazuela, Arthur Russell, Kendall Thomas, Preeti Shah, Robin Romeo, Kyle Brosnahan, and last but not least, our own Renee Kay. So without further ado, Let's get right to the action. The Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for October 12th. Enjoy. Welcome back. I hope you have uh, refreshed your adult beverage, or if you didn't have one yet, acquired one in the meantime. Uh, I'm not sure I see all of our readers here yet, but uh, hopefully they'll be joining us soon. I know some people are on the list that I don't see yet as attendees, uh, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, we are going to get started uh, regardless. Uh, I just wanted to say first, congratulations to LeBron James, my man LeBron from Cleveland, Ohio, for winning his fourth title. Uh, uh, with the Lakers. Uh, you might ask if I'm bitter about him winning with LA, but I'm not because uh, he won one with Cleveland. So now I'm good and he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> and uh, I feel like he deserves to win more titles because uh, he's the greatest player ever. And uh, people that talk shit about him can go to hell. And they continue to talk shit about him and I don't understand it. The world is an unfair place. Um, that is totally unrelated to poetry, uh, <laughs> but hopefully you appreciate it anyway if you appreciate greatness. Uh, also, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns for being 4-1 and one after five games. I, I literally don't know what is happening, but uh, it could only happen in 2020 when the world goes to shit and suddenly the Cleveland Browns are good at football again. So that's the only way I can explain it. Um, if you've never been to the <laughs> open mic before, we do have a few ground rules that most of you <laughs> know already, but I'll go over them. Uh, every poet gets one minute, uh, sorry, one poem of three minutes max on the mic. During these virtual yops that started, uh, once the pandemic started, we've been screen sharing all the poem texts so uh, you can see them on the screen. Uh, I will share my screen obviously pretty soon once uh, I start, yeah, I stopped yapping. Uh, we will kick off the open mic with our feature reader who is uh, Ariel Francisco who led the workshop tonight that you just saw a few minutes ago. Um, we also record the open mic uh, as a podcast that we call the Yopcast. Uh, we usually publish that a couple of weeks after the open mic uh, has ended. If you don't want to be in the recording, uh, you don't have to be. Just email me at coup at brooklynpoets.org uh, and I can take you off. People often, you know, sometimes request that for various reasons. So just shoot me an email and it's totally okay. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Yopcast yet, we would love for you to do so. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, 
various other podcasting platforms. Uh, we'd love it even more if you'd rate us five stars. Uh, that will help uh, more audience members find these poets and uh, hear their poems. Uh, every month we vote for Poem of the Month uh, by audience vote. And the way you do that is by texting me at 718-374-1953. I'm gonna put that in the chat right now. We are down to just a, a couple of slots left for the Poem of the Year Smackdown. What happens is uh, the 12 winners of Poem of the Month over the past year face off in what we call uh, facetiously the Poem of the Year Smackdown that comes your way in December. As I announced, I think last month or maybe the last couple of months, this year we're gonna be doing that virtually uh, because you know we, we don't think it's gonna be safe yet in December, which is only two months away. So the SmackDown will be on December 14th uh, on Zoom and you will get all the notifications about that as you get closer to that date. One thing we're doing differently this year is we are separating the final December yacht from the SmackDown event. Uh, if you've ever attended that in the past, you know how long that event ran because we, we did a yacht workshop, then a short and open mic, then the SmackDown, the whole thing took uh, usually about three hours. So uh, I don't think anyone wants to be on Zoom for three hours, especially me. So we're going to do it separately. And this way we'll have a full open mic at the December yacht. So this year we're going to do the December yacht on December 7th which is the first Monday of the month, uh, not the second Monday when we usually do it. Uh, your head might explode with all these details, but uh, rest assured, if you're subscribed to our newsletter or follow us on social media, you will get all these announcements. So December 7th will be the final yop, and December 14th will be the SmackDown. That means if you're following all this and able to keep track of all these numbers in your head, this year we're actually going to have 13 to home of your SmackDown because we're going to have one from that December 7th yop, who will be our final poet. And then in 2021, we will set the clock anew uh, to follow this new format. Um, I'm not sure that matters to anyone. <laughs> uh, it matters to me though, because I'm OCD about all this stuff, but uh, we do have tonight's yop, November's, and then that December 7th one, three more slots left for the Poem of the Year Smackdown. If you win Poem of the Month, you win free admission to a future yop, as uh, some of our uh, poets here tonight have already cashed in on. You also win a Brooklyn Poets tote bag and you get a slot in this SmackDown event. And then the SmackDown event carries some serious cash money as an award. Uh, if you win, you usually have a winner and uh, a runner up. Last few years, we've had uh, like a couple of winners and a couple of runners up. So it's, it's like uh, the audience seems to know how to spread the love around, which is great. Uh, we always seem to have a tie. Uh, at least that's happened the last couple of years. So uh, I'm excited for that event, even though it's gonna be on Zoom. Um, it's always, uh, I think, the, the most fun event of the year. So uh, all of that is said. <laughs> Have I forgotten anything, anybody? Because uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm even making sense right now. I think we are good. Uh, so I'm going to share my screen. And uh, again, if you could take selfies, send them. I've already gotten a couple from Ellen and Cynthia. Thanks for sending those. Uh, they look great. Uh, everyone else, send those in. Coup at brokenproach.org. Uh, let us begin with the brilliant Ariel Francisco, who will kick these poems off tonight. Go for it. Uh, <clears throat> thanks so much, man. And again, thanks everyone for being here. Um, I love Brooklyn Poets. I was living in Queens for a little bit. I felt like I was in exile. And then I moved back to Brooklyn, and then I got invited to do this. <laughs> so I love it. Um, I'm just going to read this short, uh, not short poem, but just this one poem, Translating My Dad's Love Poems after Yusef Kumunyaka. It must have been 98, my mom leaving for work, 
the first night she doesn't kiss my dad goodbye. He closes the door softly, walks slowly to his office, and takes a hammer to the keyboard of his computer as though desperately trying to build something until the letters fly through the air, struggling to form the words he cannot. I watch from my childish quiet, unnoticed, unsure of how much time passes before he labors over the scattered keys, scooping them up with small hesitation like a man collecting seashells and striving to pop them back into place to remember where each one belongs. I am so much like my father, and so I too fear love, how I will inevitably fail it, mishandle it, let it fall from my hands, too fragile to survive intact. Years later, I think of him hunched over that keyboard, the same one he used to write the poems I'm now translating, bent over my own computer, alone in my apartment, his words my inheritance, dim foreshadowing. He writes, today I will not think of you. Today I will not think of you. Today I will not think of you. Thank you. Wow, what an ending. I feel like not only was that powerful content, but like a little lesson in enjambment too. <laughs> uh, all the different breaks you have there. Reminds me a little bit of uh, William Carlos, Carlos Williams. Uh, okay, <laughs> thanks very much for that. That was a great way to start. Uh, do you, you wanna tell them quickly, uh, Ariel, about your website or next book that's coming out so people know where to find it? Yeah, um, the book, I got one of those pandemic books. So Sinking Ship is Still a Ship just came out in April. Um, and of course, you know, everything readings tour wise got canned. Uh, so a lot of virtual life, um, but it was fun to put that in the world. Um, and yeah, I have, uh, you know, a bunch of poems up at my website, arielfrancisco.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, um, at Addy Cisco on Twitter at Ariel underscore Francisco, uh, on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Say hi. <laughs> the book is really good. I bought it when it first came out and I just want you to know I like sat through um, and read it like all in one sitting and I don't really often do that. So it's really good and everyone should go get it truly. There you go. Staff pick right there. I love it. Personal endorsement. Uh, all right. Our first poet off the official open mic portion of the evening is R. Bremner. Are you with us, R? I have heard her voice. I have heard her voice. I heard it again as I never heard it in her lifetime. I hear her voice at the strangest times, at work, during a conference hall, walking the dog on a bright sunny day, listening to the news being broadcast. And it is never an infant's voice as I'd expect it to be. No, it ages through the years. And it always says the same thing. Just one word, daddy. There is no place to go to where I can be nearer to her. They trashed what little remains there were of her at the time of the miscarriage. Before we knew, that was their standard operating procedure. Business as usual. And I know she is thinking, why didn't you save me? We meant to mark her birthday, give her a name, but all that's forgotten now, long dead in the past. 
but I've given her a name that no one else knows so that I can reply when she calls to her daddy. And as she grows into womanhood, I'm so proud of my little girl. Thank you. Wow, thank you, Ron. That was beautiful. Powerful, damn. Uh, I'm not, I don't wanna say anything because uh, I feel like I can't even say anything after that, but uh, thank you for that. Uh, it's very difficult to poem to write, obviously. Uh, okay, our next poet, please correct me if I'm saying your name uh, wrong, is it Noah Ateji? Yeah, great job. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> um, okay, this is In the Winter I Shrivel. In the winter I shrivel, an abandoned flower. My dry rose petals are pretty. They are dead. I look nice on a bed, a filler for a jar. Perhaps you can crush me. I'm a remedy for a scar. Every spring I am reborn, a young muse in her eighth life, an old soul and a novice lover refreshed after bloody strife. A blossoming bouquet, I leap into the sweaty arms of a one-night lover, the shy evening gesture, a prelude into the midnight peel of the cover. Wet your nose on my dew, trace my skin like a finger does a constellation, far and close, I'm an ethereal feel, eons away and an Aquarius moon. Examine my velvety petals, my filaments, my features, Form a corsage for my contours, you an artisan, I your teacher. Now the stars dissipate, the flowers get lost within the darkness. I rise to a sulking sun, not a yellow gem. Winter, the wind that danced along my skin now bites me at the stem. Yesterday's rain was like fairy dust in my hand, but when untended, I release no magic. I wither in the windowsill on a gallery of abandoned flowers, my hands shake and my eyes blur. I see a light, I reach, I beg, I yearn. I realize, I realize I am shedding. It is winter, my rosebud surrenders, worships thorn, where I once loved, I now adorn. Thank you. Okay, cool, thank you. Well, it's, uh, I feel like this, is this preparation for winter coming? <laughs> like psychologically? Definitely that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I lost you there for a second. Uh, wonderful poem. Is that the first time you've read for us, Noah? Um, it's the second time. Second time, yeah. All right, well, Thank welcome you. back. Thanks. Okay, moving right along. Uh, our next poet I know is here, Lupita I. Tucker. How are you, Lupita? I'm doing great. Hey, Jason. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Um, this poem is called, There Are 15 Theories of Heaven. There are 15 theories of heaven, but here on earth, blue-footed booby couples dance in Galapagos Islands, where Chinese fleets gut seas of fish, food from baby booby beaks. Naive, some say dumb birds, boobies nest on rocks on Isabella Island, mate for life. All day, males flute airy whistles, females kazoo back. Present a twig, lift a foot, boobies sky point, bills and tails, and wed. 
without veils. Their outstretched wings and necks say yes. How can their mirrored steps be arbitrary? They both feed and incubate, turn blind eyes when they flirt with other mates, but family means more. Here, courtship isn't tired like an old tourist boat anchored in Tagus Cove. It's a 24-7 cotillion of blue suede shoes, preening boobies, dancing as if the world never ends. Okay, amazing poem. Uh, it's, so, it's so intricate. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Amy Clampett's poems. Do you know Amy Clampett's work? Not yet, but if she's on my list of books to read oh, <laughs> in my cool. MFA program this semester. <laughs> I feel like this is the most lyrical poem I've ever heard with the word booby in it. <laughs> so I feel like that itself was an accomplishment. I mean, I, Win! <laughs> uh, yeah. And are there actually 15 theories of heaven? Um, there possibly are more. Actually, I, I kind of made that part up, so I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good, though. I was like, oh, okay, 15, huh? Uh, I'd like to hear those theories. Um, okay, yeah, there probably are more. Uh, all right, thanks very much, Lupita. It's always a joy to hear your work again. Uh, our next poet, we've been hearing a lot from the last few months. She has been a regular at the YOP. Uh, give it up for Suzanne S. Austin Hill. How are you, Suzanne? Yes, fine. How's everybody? Glad to be here this evening. Realization. Doing well. Great, great. Glad to hear that. The movie's right. fine. I sent you a picture speaking of chairs. <laughs> yesterday. You look like you have a good one. I got, I got a brand new desk chair today. Oh, nice. Okay. Does it feel good? Does it feel like uh, what you've always wanted? Yes, it's awesome. It's nice and comfy. It, it goes back. Yeah. It goes up and down. So It's great, right? Like you never want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> My old chair, like I constantly wanted to get out of it. So I feel like this new chair is doing a job. I sent you a picture of the old and the new. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. All right. Uh, all right. Go for it. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Realization. Nothing lasts forever, nothing in the realm of this sphere. Children grow up and leave the nest. Spouses breach the marital contract. Arthritis compromises balance and stability. Mild glaucoma fogs once clear vision. Carefree living held hostage by a pandemic. And still, cars break down, carpet becomes worn, shoes wear out, pens dry out. Patience, understanding, and even joy and peace were thin. Youth, ever ethereal days of springs, ever endless days of summers, quickly turn into a blur of weeks and months, golden years, ever expressive falls, ever empathetic winters of our lives. During this time, the earth rests, the body idles, but my mind does not. Tiny things trigger random remembrances. On the rare occasion I hang up a coat on a hook by its small narrow neck loop, I'm whisked back to third grade. Within the ceiling to floor coat closet with the intricately carved sliding wooden doors is a hook with my first name neatly printed on it. And like a hug, the holiday scent of apple and cinnamon in a plug-in air freshener embraces me. Suddenly I'm sitting at my grandmother's small yellow Formica kitchen table with the slender curved silver legs, eyeing the apple cobbler she just took from the oven. 
Sensal, oh, excuse me, seasonal and savory ruminations of elegant turkey dinners with all the fixins set upon a white lace tablecloth adorned with linen napkins, fine china, silverware, and cut crystal glasses are interrupted by the dull clinking of plain dishes and chunky glasses wrapped in muffled conversations in a restaurant whose name I can't recall and whose holiday meal was anything but memorable. An empty chair at the table marks the Thanksgiving that my mother died. But the day's monotony overtakes the luxury of such thoughts. All entities are needed to believe that one day I'll go and come freely, spontaneously, without PPE, prior planning for everything. I won't find death behind door number one because of PPP, piss poor planning. Nothing lasts forever, nothing in the realm of this sphere. Children grow up and leave the nest. Spouses breach the marital contract. Arthritis compromises balance and stability. Mild glaucoma fogs once clear vision. Carefree living held hostage by a pandemic. And still, cars break down, carpet becomes worn, shoes wear out, pens dry out, patience, understanding, and even joy and peace wear thin. When the flesh gives in to the wonder of the spirit, where will all these memories go? Sunset signal eternal endings or better beginnings. Thank you. Thank you, Suzanne. That was beautiful. My pleasure. Uh, wow, I'm really struck by the middle of this poem. You really, you really, uh, it's almost like you have a poem within a poem that begins with this amazing uh, coat and a hook by its small neck, narrow neck loop. Like when you were whisked back to the third grade, so was I. Like I was whisked back to like, those fourth grade coat rooms that I remember in the fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. I feel like I guess after fifth grade they they stopped. I must have gone to a crappier school at that point. That was that's probably when my unhappiness began in school. <laughs> like fourth grade and fifth grade. Great. I went to a, a elementary but, school uh, and junior high school in Queens. Yeah. Sounds like a good school. Uh, I love this the evocation of these holiday scents. Uh, beautiful stuff in there. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, funny and <laughs> changing of the PPE too, because uh, that, that seems accurate. <laughs> uh, all right, our next poet of the evening is Harvey Sauce here. Did he join us? I don't know if I saw him. Are you here, Harvey? Have I already panelized you? Panelized me? Okay. Um, you are here. Okay, great. Better you than the IRS if I got to be penalized by somebody. Yeah, I just invented that word. Do you like that? Uh, penalized. You don't. You don't have to. I'm like not it, sure. Don't, don't just is, don't just humor me because uh, that a dumb you feel like you have to. type word. You know, that's the safe word. Penalized. <laughs> uh, all right, go for it. Enough all of right, this let me, silly let me humor. Just see what what uh, I've got up here because. Don't have the final version of this, uh, I don't think, because I just finished it a little while ago. Well, you only sent like 15 versions today, Harvey. Oh, I, I sent, mean, <laughs> I sent two. Or four I mean, to be fair, poor Kendall, like she can't keep track of the different versions you sent. I forswear myself all the time. What can I say? Uh, is there a way that I can put it, you know, via screen share? If not, I'll just read it. It's going to be, let's just, well, uh, just read what you have and people will be able to figure out okay, what you changed. Find, let me get to it. Okay, fair enough. All right, this is called, let me just see if there's anything I need to explain. And there isn't. Uh, it's called Grendel. Uh, 
First, if, if I may, I, I posted in the chat uh, an invitation to Artful Dodge's Poetry Next Open Mic uh, with features, which is on the 24th at 4 p.m. There's a Zoom link in there. Uh, anybody who wants to be on our notifications list, feel free to uh, just to send me an email address at saslaw at, uh, well, or poetsas at gmail.com. This is called Grendel. If the rumors are true, the monster sports a wave of orange hair swept forward into a tsunami of dysphoria. A color much like that of the faded brim of a St. Louis Cardinals baseball cap. He unmans cities with pandemic glare, hurling catapult loads of lies, all facts that don't fit any science but Christian science to knock down the dangerously unbalanced walls of foundational government upon which our fortunes ride, behind which we, the people, hide, cowering. In Agent Hitchcock gave us his allegorical, the birds, Wendell ravaging for the last four years has offered us only birdship. Gun-toting adherence in monster trucks, bumper sticker the obituaries of his opponents, following him wherever he goes, his three o'clock in the morning meanderings, daubing his smirk on their faces like war paint. Where is the hero to slay such a thing? To rid our once immaculate White House of this orange scourge, Hollywood is still casting about for its Beowulf. Where are you, Clark Gable, when we most need you to change the arc of this story of hell raising hullabaloo's marquees everywhere announce are coming soon as part of a double feature, Grendel and Grendel Redux to a theater of war near us. Okay. I like it. So Trump is Grendel, huh? Trump is Grendel. I don't usually polemic. <laughs> that's got to hold me. Yeah, that's a good idea. I never. <laughs> I feel like that 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 works. Well, that raise works your hand me. if you want to be the Beowulf. It's still open. Yeah. Uh, well, I, Harvey, I probably don't need to tell you they would never cast an Asian man as Beowulf. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> I don't know. These days, maybe things are changing. Come on, man. <laughs> Okay. Uh, is that... the, one time? <laughs> the thought is the thought is wonderful though uh, I would love to see an Asian American Beowulf especially if he was killing Trump in the movie uh, shout out to the birds uh, man I love that film what a great film that is great. I haven't she watched it in so many years I just rewatched Fargo again this weekend I don't know I just thought of that but because uh, uh, my, my wife and I watched the Fargo Hulu series, or I don't know if it's, it's not Hulu, that's how we watch it, but uh, the third, the new season with Chris Rock is amazing. And if she hadn't seen the, she hadn't seen the movie Fargo, so we watched it. Of course, she fell asleep halfway through, but uh, I was just remembering what, yeah, just I was remembering how funny and uh, delightful that movie is. Uh, really, it's such a 90s film too. Man, Steve Buscemi in his, all his glory. <laughs> uh, I don't know, we went from the birds to Fargo. Sorry, what'd you say? I think Buscemi lives a few blocks from here somewhere. Does he really? Yeah, I think so. Do you see him a lot? 
Uh, I've never seen him, no. <laughs> but he but you've heard. And John Turturro also, I think. Oh, really? I love him, too. He's also like a classic 90s actor. I mean, he still does stuff, but he was really in his... Those were his glory years. Okay, uh, thanks very much, Harvey. By all means. Thank you. Uh, our next poet, an award-winning poet, as you can see in her bio, was published in Memoir and Three Books of Poetry. Give it up for Rita A. Simmons. I love saying give it up for her. I, I remember the days when people would actually applaud and we'd hear the applause, but, uh, you know, obviously, you, you know what I mean. Give it up virtually for Rita A. Simmons. Thank you, thank you. Um, this is a little Halloween. I'm trying to get a little Halloween in here. Um, dance Macabre. I'd been dancing with death my whole life, but didn't know. Striking the way he shakes his bones. How is it I didn't know? That hairless skull, those socket eyes, heartless ribs. I touched the emptiness inside. He sang to me through smiling teeth. My dance is boundless ecstasy. His nose a hole, I smell the fib. But oh, the sound of skinless toes that tapped into my raptured soul, another jaunty jig. With spiny hands, he grabs my flesh and tells me now, I'm death. No tongue or cheek, but how he laughs. He shakes his bones and makes me dance. How is it I'm surprised? I grind my teeth. I've tasted him. My quaking bones can't save my skin or open up my eyes. Um, you, should get a, you should get a job as like, uh, I don't know, you should put that voice to use. <laughs> like a, a haunted house or something. I can imagine you reading this poem. I've tasted him. That's a crazy way to to think about death. Ugh. Sorry. Uh, I just shuddered a little bit. Yeah, I no, it's good. Get, I feel I like- I uh, Say that again? No, I hope I didn't violate the rules, like offending people or anything. You know, death. But what rules would you have violated? <laughs> Writing about death? No, I'm just saying. I, if it's, you know, some people don't like that's what all poets. <laughs> Some people don't like death. That's true. <laughs> well, I definitely do not do not like death. Uh, but it's good subject matter. Um, yeah, I can't wait for Halloween and Beacon because uh, I don't, I don't think anyone will come by our, our house. is like pretty isolated. It's very dark at night, but. I just hope some like some kids come around so I can scare the shit out of them. <laughs> uh, it's so dark coming up our house. I feel like I don't even have to do anything. I just have to open the door. Be like, boo! <laughs> uh, okay, our next poet is Stella Lee, hailing from Bed Stuy. How are you, Stella? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Looks like you've been staying up late. Can you tell your poem? Oh, for certain reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very cool. Go for it. My fingers wet each time they grace your skin. The motion slips through me and, and I remember how your belly button bends, the raised hairs on your neck and that scent wrapped behind your ear. My nose kisses your skin awake and dances, 
My lips tickle your chest and sings. Your hands search, grip, pull, breath by breath closer until we have one breath, one sigh, one thought. Our mind focuses on heat, friction, sound of arms, legs, waists, raveled, hair wet, eyes shining. I like that you use raveled instead of, uh, you know, unraveled. <laughs> you don't usually see the opposite form, raveled. I love that, raveled. Yeah, Great, different uh, type of death. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I feel like that was good Renaissance humor. <laughs> Um, all right. That was, that, that was, that fired me up. All right. Feeling good again. Uh, all right. Todd Friedman, hailing from Sunset Park. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, Todd? I'm fine. How's Beacon? Beacon is great. I'm, I'm really liking it here. That's... Let's hear your amazing poem. Okay. You hear me on the train and you don't look up. So many people asking for money. You get tired of hearing it. I get tired of hearing it myself. I move from car to car telling the same story. How I lost my job and it's hard to find work at my age. I celebrated my birthday on the train last week. The big 6-0. That time people did look up. They must have felt sorry for me. Some of them gave me a couple of bucks and I went out for a complete dinner. Even had pie with ice cream. One time a guy from the old neighborhood spotted me. He wasn't exactly a friend, but we had played ball together in the schoolyard when we were teenagers. We started having a regular conversation, holding on to the pole while we went over the bridge. He kept shaking his head saying, what a shame. What a shame. I told him it wasn't as bad as it looked. That was a lie. My own kids don't want to know me anymore. Not with my beard all scruffy and my coat looking like an oil rag you'd find in a gas station. When I first started doing this, I had to take a couple of swigs before I could face the crowd. Even now, sometimes the words get stuck in my mouth. Believe it or not, I spent a couple of years teaching school. I remember we weren't enough. A teacher was. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to disturb you. I won't take up much of your time. I'm just trying to put together enough change so I can get a hot meal tonight. I wish I had the talent to sing you a song. I got laid off a few years ago, but no one wants to hire a man my age. If you have a piece of fruit, a sandwich, that would also be appreciated. God bless you and good night. I've learned it pays to throw in a few God bless yous. Sometimes I try to say something about what's going on in the country, like when I remind people to go out and vote on election day, or that people should get their flu shots. People look at you funny when you say things like that, but it gets their attention. You know, another thing I didn't tell my friend was about my prostate. They say your prostate is the size of a golf ball. Mine must be the size of three golf balls. It makes it hard to empty your bladder. 
I try not to drink too much or I'll be running to the john all the time. And yes, I have gone on the tracks. You really do learn to love bathrooms. One time I managed to slip into the bathroom at a Starbucks in Brooklyn. The light was good and there was a lock on the door, even a hook to hang up my coat. Now I like to read, which gets me some strange stares on the subway. No one was there to bother me. So I sat down to read for a good 10 minutes before someone started knocking on the door and then yelling and pounding, but I just kept on reading. I didn't say a word. Maybe another 10 minutes when I came out, someone cursed me and someone else pushed me, but I didn't care. They didn't understand. I was going to finish that chapter, even if they had to break down the door and leave me out in handcuffs. I was really hoping it would happen. Thank you, Todd. I remember this poem from my blank verse workshop. I, I wrote that in a workshop called Blank Verse. <laughs> yeah, it's turned out well. You worked on it a little bit, yes? Got that, that whole last section of it in the bathroom is so good. I mean, I think that was good before, but uh, you really you really tap into something in that last section in particular. Uh, wow, well done, my friend. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I would try to take all the credit for it as the, the teacher, but you know, I, I definitely do, do not take the credit for this genius. Uh, well done, poets. Thank you. Uh, all right, our next poet, the brilliant Shanice Hughes Greenberg, former winner of Yacht Poem of the Month this year. How are you, Shanice? Um, I wanted to say, well, obviously it's in my bio, but um, I support LeBron James also because he is a Capricorn, so go Lakers. Um, so this is my poem. My mother tells me I'm made out of Nathan's hot dogs from Coney Island. She would make the trip from Great Neck to Brooklyn, foreshadowing my migration. I picture her four months into carrying me. She takes the trip on the weekends, sometimes with friends or alone always with the top of her Jeep rolled down and the wind in her face keeping her free, tied to nothing, no one, but come January. My mother tells me she craved, and I cannot remember, but at four months, I had fingernails. I must have known when we were close to water, close to feeling complete, our pulses parallel no longer restless or reckless, Sunday morning rising hot and orange from her bedroom window, sand in the sheets. Maybe this is why I taste salt when I turn to lick my shoulder, testing myself at the beach how many years later. The waves are really what she craved, carrying not a secret, but something new, something she made. Wow, that was amazing. Uh, I think Joanne said in the chat that the titles have been fired tonight, which is true. And this, this title is almost it's a, a poem by itself. Thank you. Uh, but then the, then the poem itself is amazing. Uh, wow, what a really, it really, it's like a classic Brooklyn poem. Yeah, no, uh, my, my mom always- You know, I don't just say that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was just saying that she, she told me that her, big pregnancy craving was um, 
specifically Nathan's hot dogs okay. from Coney Island. So when I finally came to Brooklyn and I went to Coney Island and I had a Nathan's hot dog, I was like, yes, this is, this is what I'm made out of. <laughs> You're going to say, yes, I'm eating myself now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good craving to have. My mom's craving was, uh, was Wendy's. Mm. Or no, was it Wendy's? <laughs> or I think it was the Whopper actually. Yeah. Sorry. It was Burger King. But then, so when I grew up, I always hated Burger King because Burger King sucks. Let's be real. But uh, I especially hated the Whopper. Like, so anytime we go to Burger King, I did not want the Whoppers. And I think that was why That's <laughs> I, was, I must've yeah. gotten sick of them when I was in her room. She must've had a lot of Whoppers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, now I'm going to always think of you, Shanice, when I have a Nathan's hot dog. <laughs> it's going to be a funny thing. Uh, all right. Great stuff. Next up, we've got Kim Darlene Brandon. How are you, Kim? I'm good. Hi, everybody. Good to see you again. Okay. Thank you. I just want to say this poem is from April when we had those giant morgue trucks out in front of Brooklyn hospitals. Love on the front line. Five patients died today. What we wrap in sheets, what is now disposable, is a battle lost for humanity. Finally, the day ends. Time to head home, a reprieve from war, back to normal. There's a note on my front door in purple magic marker. Go around back. My family has set up a tent with a green hose, a bottle of orange soap, blue mouthwash, white towels, yellow plastic flip-flops, a gray sweatsuit, a second note from my husband's hand. We need you to sleep in the basement. Max is wheezing. In the basement on a tray at the top of the stairs, hot soup, chocolates, fresh cut flowers, my favorite leopard pajamas. On the sectional sofa, a little pile of pillows and a blanket and a third note, and pink crayon with heart stickers. Turn on the laptop, mommy. I open it, turn it on, there is my husband. Hi, baby. Tears are in his smile. The girls push in. They want screen time with mommy too. We're gonna love you, mommy, from upstairs. They sing song together. Okay, mommy? The little one adds with a rattle and a wheeze in her voice. I sleep with the laptop on, listening to the sounds of them. Wow, thank you. This is such a thank heartbreaking you. poem, but also, you know, joyous. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, I remember you reading this, I think, was it at the start of the pandemic? I don't know if you remember that. I don't you, know. you, I think you read an earlier version of this, at least. I remember it distinctly. Yeah, like coming home and, and seeing the note. But uh, it's a pleasure to hear it again, believe me. Uh, and, and we're still freaking in this thing. So uh, it's still uh, incredibly relevant. Um, okay. Thank you very much, Ken. You're welcome. Our next poet we heard from last month, I believe for the first time. Uh, this is uh, back for more. Uh, Bridget Duffy, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good. 
Thanks for asking. Okay, so don't ask me what the title means because I looked it up and I knew it when I titled the poem, but I have since forgotten and I am not a scientist. But it's called Hodograph. We'd cling to the concrete side of the deep end, watching the little drowned June bugs float by, frightened that we'd meet the same fate until the teenager in the red swimsuit announced that a storm was rolling in off the lake. Thunder and lightning, time to go home. So we run back to the house catching fireflies as the moon came out and wondering how it'd feel to light up from within like that while they fluttered angrily in our cupped hands, still sticky from cheap ice cream scraped from a plastic cup with a splintery wooden spoon and tasting faintly of chlorine. At night, the electricity would go out after the wind snapped a dead tree in half over the power line in the way back of the yard. Our father would take out a flashlight to see if the wires were sparking while we vibrated with an odd inner thrill, lit a half burnt Christmas candle and sat on the floor with the door open, listening to the rain pour out of the gutters and onto the pavement. Wow, what a lush poem. That's uh, beautifully written. Is that your cat, by the way? Thank one you, yeah, cat, he one, liked one it cats? too, I guess. <laughs> oh man, so many uh, details and images in this poem bring me back. The fireflies, man, I remember catching a lot of fireflies when I was a kid. Where did you grow up? Outside Chicago. Okay, yeah, it feels like a Midwestern poem. I grew up in Ohio, as you probably can tell from my LeBron love. <laughs> this is... <laughs> nice. I have gutters again in this, this new house of mine. It's nice to have gutters, although I feel like I'm fucked if something happens with that because I don't have the least idea how to fix a gutter if it gets clogged or something. I'm sure that will happen at some point. Uh, thank you very much, Bridget. That was uh, beautiful work once again. Keep coming back. Thank you, I will. Yeah, I love it. My cat. Yeah, yeah, bring your cats. Take us, did you send me a selfie with you and your cats yet? I sent you just a portrait of my cat, but we'll see if he can. Okay, yeah, that works too. Maybe he'll appear in a selfie with me. <laughs> All right. Our next uh, poem. Oh, I'm seeing a note from Kim Brandon. I think the poem was a part of their... Oh, you know, you might be right, Kim. I think it might have been part of your fellowship application. So maybe that's why I remember it. Anyway, so maybe everyone else is confused too. I maybe you didn't read that poem with you before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I saw it before. Anyway, uh, our next poet, Frank Rubino. How are you, Frank? I'm well, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks for asking. I feel like your background is similar to mine. Um, we probably live in the same kind of environment, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I can't wait to have my, my lighting. You notice my office, I have no books yet in here because, uh, do, you, do you all know that Ikea is like sold out of their Billy bookshelves? It's like, it's like I've gone to two different Ikeas. It's the most, the most uh, frequently purchased bookshelves in world history, apparently, and uh, they are totally out. Apparently, people have been doing nothing but buying Billy bookshelves during this pandemic. So, uh, I, I need kind of like more. bounty paper towels. <laughs> yeah, I need more shelves. I cannot shelve my books right now. Apparently, they're back in stock though tomorrow in the New Haven store. So, I'm going to stop there after teaching and see if I can get some. All right, go for it, Frank. Okay. She came outside to write an article about lung cancer. It's cool for August. Shadow reddens the pergola beams. The sky's a blue lick up and behind the taconics. A murder hornet works a crack. Some large flying black animal buzzes through, too fast to see. A pet chipmunk feeds from a pile of blueberries and grapes on a stone step. 
He spins the berries across his teeth. The big grape is like a bowling ball to him. He snags it in his jaws and jumps with it across the gravel to eat in peace, said Barbara. Wasps have begun a nest on the pergola beam. It's a mud-colored knob with a tiny funneled hole. It'll get bigger. It's a worry. Wasps' nests balloon and they hang in trees like gut sacks. Barbara writes in front of a garden. No one's supposed to see it like I do from behind. It's unseemly, like when a hospital gown flaps open. I see the stems, bent spines, and the undersides of leaves, like the backs of their arms reaching away from me toward the sun, who is Barbara. People wonder, Barbara, 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 who is Barbara? If I said, Barbara is a black animal flying through, Barbara is the flower's backside, Barbara is a wasp, Barbara is an Irish Catholic woman whose intellect, political conscience, and sexuality fused in several of her pioneering works of feminism. If I said her authoring mind darts like a chipmunk, people would still wonder, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. <laughs> that was great. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. Wow, I was not expecting the poem to take that turn. <laughs> uh, this is great. It, it really, it almost seems like you're living in my house in Beacon. <laughs> like, <laughs> my wife wanted to get a pergola, and uh, which I didn't even know what the fuck that was until she showed me an image. I was like, oh, okay. I just learned a new word. And then there, we have like a wasp issue in this little shed outside that we don't even use. Yeah, it's amazing how big a wasp's nets, nest can get so quickly. They just kind of, yeah. they're incredible creatures. Yeah, she's terrified of them. Uh, I've learned since moving here that, that my wife seems to have a serious insect phobia. <laughs> she's, she's, she loves animals, but man, she hate, hates insects. <laughs> she's terrified of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't like insects either, but uh, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm a little more chill about them getting inside the house. I'm just like, well, that's what happens. Insects get in the house and then you have to, you have to kill them. But uh, she's like, no, <laughs> I will not let any insects inside this house. It will create a wall. Uh, okay, thank you, Frank. Thank you. Our next uh, poet of the evening is Blake Z. Rong, who apparently is uh, thinking about moving to Beacon, or his, his parents are at least. Uh, how's that going, Blake? <laughs> are your parents looking at Beacon now? It's just an excuse to hang out there in Beacon. Although I might yeah. be there sometime in the next couple of weeks. Um, cool, yeah, let me know. Already, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is a poem called There Will Be a Song for When They Find Your Body. Fast as a shark who wanted it way, way too loud. Your God, an angry God. You are incandescent, a flame-kissed tear in a Sierra Nevada wind, 40 degrees Fahrenheit and dropping. You climbed California State Route 49 in sun-soaked plastic and aluminum, uh, an aluminum trellis atop 998 cubic centimeters of raw whining power while the sun casts its final warmth of the day upon the ghosts of cannibals. You are not without scars on your brain and your body. You had felt grief like a new limb, the void of an absent hand whose movements you could still quite grasp. You had screamed through sheets of drywall in San Pedro bracing yourself against the saltwater spray, yet you always knew what time it was. Stainless steel Rolex, a kaleidoscope curse. On the day you turned from the current, 
You cast a gaze in the North Fork below, where the ducks take flight, like silent seaplanes, two in a row. Hadn't you heard once that they made it for life? The last creatures on Earth, you must have said to her on the day you proposed in the Four Seasons lobby in Ferragamo slippers. Apologies, please, but these memories flood my bones in your stead. Like circling Lake Tahoe, my first few desperate miles across the divining lines. Four in the morning, watching you through the windshield as you held a lover before these headlights, before you dropped down to San Francisco Bay. You flew airplanes in your backyard. That morning, I had driven from Playa del Rey, all staircase wit in your wrench style house. And I believed back then that my friends would last forever. That rushing water wouldn't dissolve your body, cell by cell, wispy and white like egg drop soup. Our rage ends pointed to the skies, for it knows not what echoes through its negative space. In this void, we expect no answers, commit no faults, and we can blame no one else, not the sausage creature, not the year of the goose. Maybe the future is coming. Maybe it was written in your stars. And when they find your body, we will sing, we had sun all along. Wow, Blake, that was incredible. Thank you. <laughs> this poem really has a force, like a momentum. Uh, I gotta say, I would love to hear your staircase wit. Is that a thing that people say? Is that like a thing? Staircase yeah. wit? Yeah, it's a, it's a French phrase that I don't want to attempt right now, but it's like when really? you leave a party and you think of like the perfect thing to say like after you're out of the moment. That's it's like, this, it's like the thing you say when you're walking down the stairs leaving a party. It's yeah. like that's the translation, so. Yeah. It's uh, l'esprit d'escalier in French. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There she is. So you know. Our, our resident French scholar. <laughs> Wait, what was, that, what was that again, Joe? Uh, l'esprit d'escalier. Like nice. uh, escalator. Like you're going down and your thoughts are going up. You know what I mean? Like they're going in opposite directions. You've missed each other. You're leaving and the thoughts are like behind you going. You're like, oh, oh my God, no, I wanted to say that. This just gets better. Wow. Poetry, man. <laughs> you gotta love it. There was another moment. You know, but putting this. it in a ranch style house. <laughs> yeah. That's the genius of the line. Because there ain't no stairs. I love how we're having like an impromptu workshop about this poem. <laughs> I love this too. The, the four, Thank you for getting that. Yeah. The Four Seasons Lobby yeah, and Ferragamo Slippers. <laughs> oh man, what an image. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for this. Uh, appreciate so many moments of that. Yeah, let me know when you're a beacon. We'll, yeah. we'll get crazy. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm glad the bars are open. People really go out at Beacon. I feel, I'm almost uncomfortable walking around. It's like on the weekends, like it's, the streets are just <laughs> packed. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, pretty much everything's open up here. Uh, okay, thank you. Our next poet is, uh, oh, we got more French here. <laughs> Joanne Mazuela, October Mona Moore. Man, the titles really are fire tonight. What's up with the titles tonight, people? It's like y'all took like a, like a title steroid <laughs> over the last month or something. Uh, how are you, Joanne? I'm good. Happy to be here. All right. Happy to have you back. Go for it. Great. Uh, so this is October one and more. And the title's after Charles Wright, actually. Um, yeah. The parasite blitz the host mushroom so much it's impossible to ID the host. You break the cap gills, smell the unlikely odor of bleach, and then you know what it is. I miss the world, too. That episode when Nadia realizes she's caught in a time loop, the universe is fucking with me. I refuse to engage. What is timelessness or anythinglessness? 
tyranny of a circle, judge what resurfaces and bucket all. This is the first October I remember loving. You cut venison in bloody hunks, understand endings in a way I don't. Burn termite nymphs you find in the firewood, circulate the warning on the toxic toupee caterpillar with venomous pricks, the pain excruciating, quit before it gets funny. Everything monstrous is hilarious to me. That is how I know dread is at work. My eyes close to November's aftermath. Sensitive to the smallest impact, Nadia comes down the stairs again. In every previous timeline, these stairs have never failed to kill her. Man, you're gonna hurt so much. Whatever is beautiful and corrupt is the perfect faith. Propped on my feet today in the damp earth, I'm asking for vengeance and not for the first time. Wow, that was like a tour de force. Jesus, we had stairs in this poem too. I feel like, did she need some staircase wood? Is that why she kept, she kept dying on the stairs every time? This is, uh, holy crap, this poem. I mean, if, I feel like if you had one poem the month before, you would tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is timelessness or anythinglessness? I feel like I've been asking that question a lot lately. You cut venison in bloody hunks and the, uh, the toxic toupee caterpillar with venomous pricks. Uh, great shit, poet. Uh, really, that's my highest compliment. Uh, hope you understand that. <laughs> uh, great shit. That's what I write in every critique in my workshops. Uh, my new workshop starts this Sunday. Any of you that are taking, I can't remember if anyone's on this yop who's taking that workshop. If you are, look for an email from me soon. Our next poet, no stranger to any of you, he's won pretty much every Yop Award we offer. <laughs> Arthur Russell, how are you? I'm, um, I'm a little pissed off. Oh, you are? What happened? Well, just keep this brief, but you know, I believe in equal justice under law. Uh -huh. I also believe in equal injustice under law. And it seems to me that in the last few days, the police have been given their propensity for violence towards people who are breaking minor laws. They've been way too kind to the Orthodox Jews in Borough Park. And I'm really, I'm really angry at them for it because they're taking an attitude towards people who are putting everybody's lives in danger uh, by giving a fine to the synagogue that they, were that they were collecting in instead of treating them with the same brutality that they treated Black Lives Matters protesters when they kettled them and handcuffed them and gassed them. So I'm a little pissed off. Yeah, damn straight, man. You have every right to be. Um, All right. So more on that to come. Anyway, I wanted to thank Ariel for a really great workshop, even though um, <laughs> It was hard to come up with metaphors at completely out of context, but, um, but worth, worth a try. Um, in a completely different um, direction. This poem is called The Picture on the Cover of My First Book of Poems. <clears throat> I want the picture on the cover of my first book of poems to show me and one other person holding the camera I'm sorry, to show me and one other person, one holding the camera and the other one behind him and to one side, sitting on the rail of a low fence around the stairs to the basement of a brick housing project, wearing no shirts with tan chests and one of us with bleached blonde hair and bubble curls on the top of his head cut closer on the sides and balancing on the fence rail with two hands 
one of which you kind of see his knuckles close to his thigh and his heels hooked on the lower rail with a big smile, both of them with big smiles. And the other one with the camera, a little less handsome, but cuter too in a way with shiny apple cheeks and the shorter, darker hair laying flat on the top of his head. And the sun is in both their eyes. The only thing I haven't decided is whether I want to be the one holding the camera or the one still sitting on the fence. <laughs> Great stuff. Great idea for a poem. I don't think I've ever seen a poem about the, the first photo on your first uh, book jacket. It's <laughs> a great idea. Uh, wish I thought of that. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Uh, there are a lot of stairs. <laughs> uh, we have a fence too now. Okay, thanks, Arthur. I hope uh, reading tonight has uh, helped helped to calm your rage. Rage is a daily occurrence. It's not all these the way days. to rage, but thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, what would be nice is the police treating the president of the United States with the same brutality for breaking all these motherfucking tax well, laws. You know, I got to keep. You get some going. brutality up in the White House. Shit. Yeah, there's, there's there's the bigger issues, but you know, um, it just seems to me, you know, that on some level, it's like. You want everybody to go to the same schools so that the rich people have to understand what the poor people need in order to learn. And you want everybody to have to serve their country in some way because that's good for everybody to understand about everybody else. And if there's gonna be brutality, then it should be fairly shared equally too. Yes. All right, thank you, Arthur. Uh, our next poet, you know her well, my Broken Poet staff, our beloved, office manager who selflessly puts together these yacht poem documents every month and uh, <laughs> the, the titles continue to be fire. I'm very excited to hear this poem now. I have not seen this yet. Uh, go for it, Kendall. This is called, I'm not pregnant, we're not trying yet. I'm not pregnant, we're not trying yet. But let me show you the sonogram of the thoughts I carry. Toes like perfect pinto beans. Baked potato thighs, empty lungs. Don't shrink yourself, little one. Please be safe. Tiny puddle fingernails, my partner's mother's beautiful hands, all up in the air. Little one, refuse to shrink yourself, unless. My partner's silky eyes, my father's oval cheekbones, puddles on the curb. It's not your duty to create your safety. But little one, we'll do our best to show you how. My flat feet, my partner's long, long legs, lights, lying lights. Forgive me, little one, my imagination won't let you live. I don't want to do this, but each night with my partner's arm over mine and my hand over his held tight against all that empty, violent squirming, silently I him, treasure his rib cage, growing and shrinking and always growing again, rolling against each of my vertebrae, one by one, our tiny cat perched upon my blanketed hip. Live by this, live by this, live by this. Thanks. Wow, thank you, Kendall. That was amazing. Uh, wow, I don't even know what to say. This poem's a poem's form. It's voice, 
the whole conception. Um, wow, you didn't write this in Daryl's workshop, did you? Or you just wrote uh, this in your Shira's actually. Oh, Shira's, yeah. I heard she's a good teacher too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love what you did with this ending, breaking up that phrase like that. Um, okay, thank you. Sorry, I, I forgot to mute my mic and I took a screenshot. And I think it was a very loud screenshot sound. It's wonderful that that's going to be on the podcast now. Uh, but yeah, my apologies for that. It's like an amateur move, not unmuting, not muting myself during the reading. I think I'd be better than that by now. Uh, our next poet, another former Poem of the Month winner, Preeti Shah. How are you, Preeti? Hey, Jason. Hi, everyone. Uh, so my poem is Time of Death as Stepwell, Surya Kondad. Sun Temple, Modera, Gujarat, 8.33 a.m., a mind bloom of the partition after the ash, the constellation from 1943 whirling down the drain with the bathwater, a mantra repeated like a stone-bruised ripple, feeling the galloping hooves of the second hand in the broken earth of my sternum, ombre fingertips where sun is swallowed by bluest sky, the season reclines half naked and idle as a summer's day. Maceration of moss moist and matted in the corners of the eyes, lips, and hospital beds. The morning waits out on the sill, patient like the candle heads of a belated birthday cake, ready to be seen a year later. Even the last breath facilitated photosynthesis, searching for the soul in lost and found. Skin cold as the earth from where you were born. The burden of God is a weighted head with a pronouncement. Beveled city of medical polyphonies, a crag silence. Skin cold as the earth that cries. Rag Bilahari plays a sea full from the eastern winds, so even the dust of India mourns. Time of death as stepwell. Time of death wearing the chanya embroidered with 108 shrines. Time of death swimming like tadpoles, splitting the skin of green waters. Time of death as temple bells rendering the sacred grounds fatherless. 8.33 a.m. Wow, that was, that was like magisterial. What is, this poem seems like it was like channeled through you. Uh, this form that you're working with is amazing. How did you devise on this form? I mean, maybe that's too difficult to answer. I, like um, I really, I really got the idea of like um, architecture from one of the workshops. And uh, there's one place that I had gone with my family where they had this really cool step wall and uh, like a right behind a very historic site of a sun temple. And everything was based on 188. It's a very auspicious number. So I'm, I'm still trying to work on this. This is like a rough draft, but somehow wanted to work that into there eventually. But I tried to make it look like the step wall sort of. Yeah. And at the bottom, try to make the reflection, I guess. Right, right. At some point, yeah. Yeah, it's an ingenious form. That you, it, it is architectural. That's, the, that's probably the best word for it. It's a pretty damn good rough draft. <laughs> the broken earth of my sternum, maceration of moths, moist and matted in the corners of the eyes. Um, some damn good writing, if I do say so myself. Thank you, Preeti Shah. Thank you. Um, 
Oh, sorry, I thought my scroll stopped working. Uh, all right, uh, another uh, Poem of the Month winner and another Broken Poets fellow, Preeti's uh, Broken Poets fellow. Uh, you'll be hearing, Rama, you won Poem of the Month this year too, right? Mine, yes, one month this year. Yeah, so you're gonna be hearing them both along uh, with Shanice this year, right, Shanice? Yeah, we heard from her earlier. Wow, I'm losing my mind right now. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, you will hear from all of them in December again. Robin Romeo, let me stop talking and uh, you read the poem because that would be better. Okay. Throne. I awake into that quick dream at the onset of sleep, afloat in a void that is neither lit nor dark, jolted back when the threat of danger demands a shot of adrenaline and hands of force to brace against a crash into what turns out to be foam rubber and down at the porous barrier that separates dreams from wakefulness where the heart retrieves a memory of sudden displacement and sends the signals of one surprise to be pulled to depths it cannot fathom triggering endocrine release into the terrain of wakefulness where the heart feels that little pain that sliver of death like the one i'd feel seeing the girl with whom i'd fallen into childhood love the chest pause, the body overridden for a moment by its autonomic systems. It's how I knew she was the one. Night after night, the dream comes as would a ritual designed to induce sensations of free fall with its bungee cord that encircles the heart as it spools. Thank you, Robin. Beautiful once again. I don't even know what to say after your poems anymore. <laughs> 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 to be honest, they're always so beautifully written. Uh, Thank you. Man, it's like you're, you're still in a trance in this poem. Uh, I'm excited for this Smackdown. I just, in fact, because my, my memory was so boggled, I went back and looked at the, uh, at the list and uh, realized that we have a few other people on this up tonight. Joanne as well is also reading in December. And Jay Eason. One of our staff members, she was the, I think the winner last December, which is when we started the clock for this year. Uh, that was before she was even on, uh, on our staff, I think. Uh, so yeah, Jay, Shanice, Robin, Preeti, Joanne. Uh, all right, let's go on to our penultimate reader of the night, uh, Kyle Brosnahan, who was one of our co-winners of Poem of the Year last year, uh, giving us another installment of this incredible long poem he's working on. Go for it, Kyle. Uh, hello. Uh, nice to see you guys again. Uh, you can hear me all right? Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, an excerpt from The Red Door, and I just wanted to give a trigger warning that this has some sort of violent imagery and uh, talks about a lot of mass shootings and, and stuff. Um, <clears throat> another day, another pillar of salt. I feel like Shelly sailing out to sea. It is human to hurt, and it hurts to be human. Are you a person tired of being a person? Then step right up and turn around. I feel like Craig Scott hiding in the library, blood on the books, hearing and mishearing the last words of others as death marches up and down the hall. Say what you will about the plague, but at least there won't be any mass shootings for a while. Do you remember Newtown? Do you recall the death rattle of seven-year-olds? 
Remember those heartless bastards who claimed it was all a hoax? Remember Orlando? The Pulse nightclub? The dead and drag? What about Las Vegas? The 58 dead? The 400 wounded? The bullets blotting out the desert sky? How about Sutherland Springs? Devin Patrick Kelly burst into the First Baptist Church wearing a black mask with the image of a white school, carrying a semi-automatic rifle, screaming, everybody dies, motherfuckers, and then bathed the altar in the blood of believers. Or how about that other church shooting in Charleston, where Dylan Roof joined the black congregants in prayer and study introducing himself and shaking hands with the faithful before saying, you want something to pray about? I'll give you something to pray about. And then he murdered nine innocent people with hollow point bullets on a Wednesday evening. Remember that? What about the Aurora movie theater in Fort Hood, San Bernardino, El Paso, Parkland, Virginia Tech? And how many of those victims' names do you remember? Between 2000 and 2019, there were 232 mass shootings with 1,320 people dead. 1,320 people. Try naming five of them. Try saying their names out loud. Look it up if you have to. Frank Hernandez, 27, Orlando, Florida. Roberta King, 71, Binghamton, New York. Helena Ramsey, 17, Parkland, Florida. Clementa C. Pinckney, 41, Charleston, South Carolina. Charlotte Bacon, six years old, Newtown, Connecticut. Daniel Garden, seven years old. Olivia Engel, six. Josephine Gay, seven. Dylan Hockley, six. Madeline Sue, six. Catherine Hubbard, six. Chase Kowalski, seven. Jesse Lewis, six. Anna Marquez Green, six. James Mattioli, six. Grace McDonald, seven. Emily Parker, six. Jack Pinto, six. Noah Posner, six. Carolyn Prevetti, six. Jessica Rico, six. Ariel Richmond, six. Benjamin Wheeler, six. Allison Wyatt, six. In case you lost count, that's 20 dead children. And in case you forgot, that was in 2012. In case you don't remember, America did nothing. Justice is a fucking joke. All our ideals are our lives. Even 20 dead children cannot make us change our lives. All right, thanks. Goddamn, Kyle. <laughs> you know what to say. That is an incredibly powerful part of this poem. Uh, it really is mind-boggling when you when you go over it like that. Just the the numbers are staggering. Oh man, justice is a fucking joke, isn't it? <laughs> where, where, yeah. where, where are we? <laughs> Seriously, how long is the poem now? Um, it's like ninety-five pages. <laughs> it's good. It's the kind of poem I like. Seems like it needs to keep going. Yeah, uh, I, might, I might be reaching the end-ish soon. I'm going to wait for the election, and then maybe yeah, find it. Yeah, no, there. you got to keep going through the election for sure. You know some shit's going to go down, right? Yeah. I'm terrified. <laughs> what the fuck is going to happen? I guess the next yop will be after the election, right? 
Yeah. yeah. Our next yacht, by the way, is going to be led by JP Howard, who, who is teaching a, a workshop on poetry of resistance. I feel like I felt like there was no other poet that could teach that one because I was telling JP, I was like, look, we might, we might need you. <laughs> so hopefully we we're, we're not all depressed, but uh, you know, if we are, I feel like we're going to, we're going to need that uh, resistance theme on that night. Uh, and uh, it'd be great if you would need it. So uh, yeah, JP will be leading that one, but yeah, it is. I think it's the Monday after the election. Uh, uh, more on that later. Uh, we have one more poet tonight. Uh, another one of our brilliant staff members, Renee Kay. Uh, it's always a pleasure for me, not only to hear the poets by all the open mic poets, but especially to hear poets from my staff. This reminds me that, you know, I am running a poetry organization. <laughs> People write poems and it's great to, to hear their work instead of just, you know, asking them to send me stuff and do stuff and that stuff can get really, you know, uh, draining for everyone. And uh, it's not really what we're, we're here to do. We're here to write poems and, and hear poems and read them. So Renee, take, take it out for tonight. Yes, I wish I could say I was going to like brighten the mood, but anyone that's ever heard me read knows that is really not my vibe. Um, so here's my poem. While I'm at school, my mother removes the razor blades from my bedroom. I trace the lines where I have adorned and unadorned myself. Bless the Maderma still sleeping safely under my pillow. What would it mean to temple myself? I ponder as the black eyeliner drags steadily up the covers of my eyes and their sudden blooming. I slowly finger this red velvet indent in the soft drawer of the jewelry box I delicately selected from my great grandmother's belongings as she lay dead in the other room and think of it as care. Oh, body, I will miss the way I carved my belonging. Oh, body, what will I worship when you're gone? Damn, that was amazing. Thank you. I'm so glad that was the last poem. Uh, seems like you're doing some good work, staff member. <laughs> Keep it up. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't add you to staff at Brooklyn Post to like do shit for Brooklyn Post. We just add you to you know, write great poems. That's really the main job. Everything else is secondary to that. So you're doing your job, staff member. I don't know why I'm calling you staff member. It's a weird thing to call someone. Uh, anyway, uh, let's review. This is 9.23. Uh, my dinner is calling. I don't know what's for dinner, but uh, we'll probably order something yummy. Um, let's go back. Uh, you just heard from Renee Kay. Uh, for some, I'm looking over here because for some reason on my 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 screen, my camera computer, I, I don't see the screen anymore. So it's very bizarre. But uh, uh, let me stop sharing and then I will go through the document and, uh, and hopefully I can I can see myself again. Uh, I cannot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to do this and uh, hopefully you all you all follow. Uh, that was Renee Kay. Before that was Kyle Brosnahan. Before that, we heard from Robin Romeo, uh, Preeti Shah, Kendall Thomas, Arthur Russell, Joanne Mazuela, uh, Blake Z. Wrong. Before Blake was Frank Rubino, Bridget Duffy. 
before Bridget was Kim Brandon, Charlize Hughes-Greenberg, uh, Todd Friedman, Stella Lee, Rita A. Simmons, Harvey Sauce, Trump is Grendel, uh, Suzanne S. Austin Hill, Lupita I. Tucker, um, we did not hear from Jesse Edwards, she wasn't here, uh, Noah Eteji, and we're almost back to the beginning, R. Bremner was our first poet of the open mic tonight. Um, well, it's, it's really freaking me out that I can't see my screen. I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm so obviously on the call. I don't know why I can't see myself on Zoom. Uh, there it is. Okay, I'm back. Um, so again, to vote for Poem of the Month, uh, 718-374-1953. Uh, just give me the poet's first name. That's, that's probably enough. Or if you want to give them the whole name, that's fine. 718-374-1953. As I said before, we have three slots remaining in the Poem of the Year Smackdown uh, contest. If you happen to vote for a poet that has already won this this year, uh, they, they still get the votes, but they can't win again. <laughs> so if, if one of those people happens to win, we'll go to the next poet on the list uh, who has not won yet, uh, because we would like, obviously, as many poets up there as possible. 718-374-1953. Again, uh, if you haven't sent me a selfie, I would love to get one. You can post on Instagram and, and tag us at Broken Poets, or you can just send it to coup at brokenpoets.org uh, if you don't use Instagram. Uh, I would love to see those, and uh, we will put those on our, in our events gallery. Again, the next YAWP, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be led by J.P. Howard, uh, who is currently teaching uh, a workshop called Poetry of Resistance. And that night, uh, she'll be leading a workshop on that theme. Uh, Maybe we'll feel good again. <laughs> we won't feel the need to resist quite as much. I'm sure there will still be plenty that we want to resist. But uh, that is on November 9th, the week after the election. Um, I probably don't need to tell you this, uh, but uh, you please vote if if you if you are somehow not thinking of voting. <laughs> I urge you to vote uh, if you are thinking of voting and haven't checked your registration lately. Uh, I urge you to do that. I, I just moved, so I was like super paranoid about uh, <laughs> making sure I was registered. Uh, early voting starts soon. Uh, I, I recommend doing that. I would not I would not send in a ballot over the mail for the New York primary. I didn't get my ballot until a week after the primary, so I am not trusting that shit again. Um, hopefully we, we have an election <laughs> whose results are recognized and legitimized. Uh, that's really my biggest fear that that somehow something goes down that, that, that just like the process of democracy is not is not uh, recognized. For uh, November, uh, we are donating proceeds to, uh, let me hold on a second, I have to make sure I get this right. We are donating proceeds to, uh, what is it called? The Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. I was looking for orgs to donate to uh, next month that would have, uh, that would be doing work on uh, making sure, extending voting, voting rights. Uh, this organization in particular works to ensure that voting rights are extended to formerly incarcerated people, returning citizens. Uh, some of the copy that they explain on their website is, uh, despite Floridians overwhelmingly voting yes on amendment form 2018 to restore voting rights to residents who had felony con convictions, the governor signed a bill which required those people to pay all their court debts first or they couldn't vote, which is absurd. So. The Florida Rights Restoration Coalition uh, is working to pay all the fines, fees, and court costs so that uh, these people can vote. So 
Uh, I don't need to tell you how important Florida is going to be. <laughs> so I thought it would be good to uh, try to help impact of that state in particular. Uh, so know that uh, by signing up for the next YOP, uh, you will be donating towards that cause. And so I w- if you're planning on attending that YOP, I would sign up and register and, and make that payment as soon as possible so that uh, we, can, we can help them out before the election happens. Um, one word about uh, YAWP registrations. Uh, well, I know obviously everyone here is registered, so maybe you're not having this issue, but I've been hearing that a lot of times these, uh, when you sign up on our website, the auto reply with the Zoom link goes to your spam. So make sure to check your spam if you happen to register and you don't see the auto reply with the Zoom link. Uh, that's, that's probably where it is, or maybe it's gone to your promotional folder or something, but um, they, they are going out, but because of people that have not been getting them, tell me that, that that's where they find them. So, uh, or if you still don't see it, just email me and I'll send you the registration link. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, these, these always restore me. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of Zoom, but uh, I'm not tired of it, for, uh, you know, yawp-wise. I don't know if that's a word, but I just invented it. Uh, the yawps keep me sane. It's good to see all your faces. Uh, I do look forward to the day when uh, we can meet again in person. Uh, it seems like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's coming. Uh, maybe we'll just have to do it in mass. I don't know. Uh, but uh, stay safe out there. It's, 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 you know, I don't need to tell you. Uh, vote for Pwn Month, 718-374-1953. Thanks for all the wonderful comments in the chat. Thanks again to Ariel Francisco for leading Amazing Workshop kicking things off tonight with your poem. Uh, Thanks to all of our readers. Thank you to my staff for your indefatigable work. Uh, Thanks to the word indefatigable, which is just a great word. And uh, I will see you next month. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have some cause to celebrate November 9th. Uh, Get out there and vote. All right. See you all next month. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Good night, everyone. There you have it, the Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for October 12th, 2020. Thanks to our illustrious professor, Ariel Francisco, for leading an amazing workshop on metaphor and kicking off the open mic. Ariel is in the middle of an asynchronous workshop online for us called The Preposterous and the Sublime, probably my favorite workshop title this fall. Congrats to development manager Renee Kay, and also a longtime yopper, for winning Yop Poem of the Month for October by audience vote for her incredible poem, While I'm at School, My Mother Removed the Razor Blades from My Bedroom. Renee has earned a spot in our Poem of the Year Smackdown coming your way this December. It will be on December 14th, which is the second Monday of the month. Uh, it'll be coming live via Zoom. Our December Yop will take place on December 7th instead, the first Monday of the month. It's usually on the 2nd. Our next Yop comes your way the second Monday of November, November 9th. J.P. Howard will be leading that workshop. Uh, Hopefully, we will not need uh, J.P. to stir us to poems of resistance that we need uh, that night to protest uh, election results or election fraud. Uh, Let's just say a collective prayer that not only does the election go off 
non-fraudulently on November 3rd, but that uh, the right person wins. <laughs> Just God help us. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we appreciate all of you that continue to attend these Yops virtually and continue to listen to the, the Yopcast every month. Uh, we would love it if you rate us on iTunes. Five stars if you like what you've heard. It helps other listeners find these poets and discover their work. Uh, if you want to sign up for the next Yop, go to brooklynpoets.org. And uh, again, <laughs> I don't need to tell you, get out there and vote, uh, donate, do whatever you can to help with the uh, anti-Trump, anti-insanity cause, anti-racism, anti-prejudice of all kinds cause. Uh, You do make a difference, and uh, your vote will matter. Okay, that's it for now. Uh, Back again at this in November. Take care.